Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yo, welcome back. Uh, In today's episode, I will be finishing up my list of the top 20 albums of 2016, um, and I will be delivering my top 10. So stay tuned uh, for the last episode of 2016 of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Do the drop. Jingle bells is all I can remember. Jesus is a wish to spread a cheer. Christmas caroling we door to door. Can't forget just what we thought us for. We can we get back to the joy. Got some hot chocolate for you, baby. Silent nights will set me up. Tell me that you're not my angel. We should make no angel dust. Yo, what's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. This is the last episode of 2016, and we are going to send it off right. Um, A couple days ago, I delivered um, the first part of my top 20 best albums of 2016 i gave you uh numbers 11 through 20 as well as five honorable mentions um in this episode i'm going to finish up the list with the top 10 um now the bottom half of the list you know i like to say was the um the group of of debuts there were a lot of debut albums that made it to number one I mean, sorry, that um, I thought were one of some of the best albums on the year and were part of the bottom 10 list. Um, but the top 10 is where you saw, for the most part, a lot of the veterans um, really showcasing, you know, why they've been in the game and they do what they do and why they're the best at what they do. Um, there were a few, you know, youngins who haven't been in it at it that long, but for the most part, it was a lot of artists who have been doing this for a long time. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the top 10 coming in at number 10, the life of Pablo by Kanye West, similar to my number 11 pick, uh, which was views by Drake. Uh, the people that know me know I'm a huge Kanye stan, and uh, this may also come as a surprise. But I, I couldn't deny the flaws with the life of Pablo. Now, I, I like the life of Pablo. Um, I don't like it as much as I like all of his other albums, um, but it is very entertaining. Now, where it falls short is where Kanye has been falling short uh, for the past, like, three years now. Um, and that's the fact that, lyrically, the album is very, very scarce. <laughs> you know, sparse lyrics. Like, he's not really saying much. There are a few songs, like Real Friends, um, No More Parties in L.A., I even like FML. Like, you know, there's some songs where he's really, like, you know, saying something, like, with some meaning. But for the most part, like, 
the verses of Father Stretch My Hands um, or even highlights. Like, he's not really saying a lot. Um, and that that has been, you know, the Kanye that we know for the past few years now. You know, college dropout Kanye where he was spitting straight bars about you know, the problems that black people are facing in the community and all that, that Kanye seems to be, for the most part, gone. Um, the Life of Pablo did give us uh, uh, some really good tracks. Like, I mean, I can't... Like, uh, Ultra Light Beam was my s- second favorite song of uh, my top 40 list. Um, and then there's Father Stretch My Hand, part one and part two, which was undeniably a turn-up song. You heard it in every club and every concert you went to. And I've seen firsthand how crowds react to that song, and it is it is otherworldly. Um, but Kanye, you know, you know, when he was leading up to the release of this album, he stated that it was going to be a, like a trap gospel album, and it did have a lot of gospel elements. Um, and Chance worked. Chance the rapper worked with Kanye a lot on this album, and I feel like Chance influenced this album more than we probably like to think. Like I'm sure Chance gave Kanye a lot of ideas or suggested a lot of things, and Kanye was like, "Yeah, that's dope." Because just with the track record and the way that Kanye has been heading uh, musically, as far as like what he decides to create. And, you know, even the things that he has said, which we won't get into, like, in his personal life and all of that stuff. Um, it's just, like, songs like Ultra Light Beam, it just seems like, man, this has to be mostly, like, Chance. This had to be Chance's idea. You know what I mean? But, you know, I don't know for sure. What I will say is the production on the album is outstanding, as per usual. Um... And I mean, the album obviously is doing very well. It was nominated for five Grammys this year. Um, But then again, and then there was the whole release of the album. Like, oh, this is only going to be exclusive on Tidal. And then two weeks later, it was on Spotify and Apple Music. And then he continued to change and like work on the songs for like at least a month or two after he released it, quote unquote. It... It was a messy release, um, which kind of made the excitement for the album like die down. And then the album was good from an entertainment standpoint, but from the the substance that a lot of Kanye fans, you know, really like and used to get from him, it it wasn't there. And it it seems that you know, every, everybody is well aware at this point that old Kanye has departed from us, but he's always been able to give us, you know, a super creative album that pushes the envelope. Um, and as far as the life of Pablo, I don't think that the life of Pablo really pushed the envelope. I think it was, it was, a, I think it was a good album because I really enjoy listening to it and I, I still listen to a lot of the songs on that project, like, every day, but, you know, as far as, you know, the top 10 lists, like, there are nine other albums that I think came harder than The Life of Pablo, um, but shout out to the album, it was dope, Kanye gets some help, The Life of Pablo comes in at number 10, so let's jump to number nine, which is A Seat at the Table by Solange, Solange really came through with the heat this year. Um, she hadn't uh, she hadn't released an album since uh, what was the name? Sorry, I'm completely blanking. Oh, True in 2012. So it's been about four years, um, and Solange has always been kind of like you know a recluse. You don't kind of hear about Solange like. I feel like the releases of her past albums just kind of happened, and then I didn't really find out until, you know, afterwards. But this album, like, was one of the most popular albums in her catalog. Like, everybody was talking about this album, and they deserve, and the album deserved to be talked about. A Seat at the Table, uh, she released it in September. It's a funky, like, soul, neo soul R&B album. 
that features Solange really tackling uh, some topical things that black people are dealing with in society. You know, she has a song, Don't Touch My Hair, featuring Sanfa, which is so dope. Um, and actually talks about, you know, uh, the experience that a lot of black women have with people asking to touch their hair or just touching their hair without asking. Um, it's a real struggle. She's got For Us, By Us, featuring The Dream and BJ Chicago Kid. She's got... Uh, Cranes in the Sky, uh, which was written by her and Raphael Sadiq. Um, he actually helped her write a lot of songs on this project, um, where she just talks about, you know, how she was going through something and she tried to, you know, drink it away, run it away, like sex it away, and all these. It was just, it's a really beautiful song that really talks, that really, like, digs into, like, you know, the feelings of, like, going through something, whether it be heartbreak, whether it be, you know, pain, whether it be anything, and all the ways that she tried to deal with the grief or the hurt. Um, This album was very, you know, like, indignant at times, very, very angry, but at the same time, it came through um, and was very sensual, and it there was just a lot of different uh, emotions in this album. And I think Solange's vocals are just fantastic. Like she really comes through with the beautiful soft vocals and she delivers every song and every point perfectly. Um, I didn't have a bad thing to say about it. Um, She had interludes on it that featured her mom, um, uh, Tina, as well as I'm pretty sure, uh, Master P, um, and some other people. It was just a beautifully crafted, a beautifully written, uh, album. And I think, you know, Solange really, you know, was out here and made a point for us to realize that, Yo, Beyonce's not the only Knowles out here. And not only that, but I I can bring the heat as well. Like, like Solange is dope. And, you know, she's weird, but she's that good artist weird. She's the weird you want the artist that you love to be. And I'm very happy that she made this album. Apparently, she'd been working on it for like, uh, like three years or something like that. And she's been nominated for a Grammy for... Best R&B performance uh, for Creams in the Sky, I'm pretty sure. So, shout out to Solange, for real. Seat at the Table is an amazing album. Excuse me. Definitely one that we're going to be bumping for years to come because it was one of those albums that was important to black culture and to our community, and it was very relatable in that. And so, uh, I think it's going to be an album that is going to last a long time in our catalogs. So that was number nine, A Seat at the Table by Solange Knowles. So let's jump to number eight. Uh, Number eight is Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino. Uh, Bino slash Donald Glover has had an amazing year. You know, we don't, I don't even need to discuss how great Atlanta, his TV show, debuted this year. And it was just fantastic. One of the best shows on TV this year. And then he came through and delivered the album that he said he was going to deliver when he did all that weird Joshua Tree, Pharaoh's app stuff. But um, he came through with the album. And the album is not like the albums we've gotten from Bino in the past. You know... Uh, he came through and showed us just how unpredictable he is. You know, after the Atlanta TV show, show when we were all like, wow, like, he's he can really do this. Like, this is dope. He came through with this album that was even more wild and even more departure from his old stuff. Because, you know, camp and, like, because the internet was him with his his raps that sometimes, that were, sometimes were, like, very dope and sometimes very childish, no pun intended. But you know, they they always gave us something to talk about and the production was always great. This album's completely different. This album is R&B, funk, like psychedelic soul, um, even a little bit of rock in it. 
Um, it was produced solely by him and his like longtime friend and collaborator Ludwig. I don't know how to say his last name. It's like Gorenson. Um and was at the same time was also written solely by Glover and Ludwig and like a few other people, like three to five. Um But yeah, the song the album is is very good. When I first heard it, I had some, you know, negative like I wasn't all the way about it because um, I don't know what I expected. I don't know if I expected it to be a straight rap album. I don't. I don't know what I expected. But Bino um, comes through with this very soulful, very funky album that is great. It's great, and I think my main problem when I first heard it was that you know we don't even really hear his natural voice as far as singing until like the last track like it's an 11 track album and like the first 10 tracks he's doing all of these weird things with his voice like with the vocoder or even like like pitch correcting it or just like altering it in a different way to make it sound different ways similar to what frank ocean did on blonde with like nikes and like the way that he distorted his voice bino did a lot of that on like almost every song and it wasn't until the last track stand tall where he just sang in his natural voice and i loved it because i think he has a really good singing voice um and i would have loved to hear more of that um also the album as far as the sound and the feel of it gives me a lot of d'angelo vibes the problem was that Bino doesn't have the voice of D'Angelo so you know some of the notes and you know things he would try to hit he couldn't all the way get there um and it and it seems so like obvious to me that D'Angelo and even in the vanguard like all of that was a big influence for this project and it like and even if it wasn't that's just it's just what it sounds like that's what comes to mind it's like Bino was trying to you know invoke that but you know, some of the, the vocals and whatnot didn't always get there. But that's all I had negatively. And then I I eventually, after a lot more listens, came around because the album is just so pleasant to listen to and so dope as far as what um, Bino did in, in, you know, this type of album, similar to Bruno and how... 24 Karat Magic was so different from what he he gave us in the past, um, but so good. Same goes here for Childish. Um, All of the songs, like some of the songs have this Jimi Hendrix vibe, and like the voices that he uses on some of the songs really help to instill more of a passion or yearning on um, on the track then maybe could have been possible. For instance, uh, like Boogeyman is a really good track, as well as Redbone, which is one of the singles. Really, really good songs that just feature Bino, like, you know, singing over these, like, rock, like, funk beats um, in these, like, distorted voices. But Childish, what really makes this album special is that Childish you know, decided to experiment um, with something that he obviously um, obviously enjoy the style of music. And he gave us a really good project. Um, he came from left field with what our expectations probably were and showed us that, yo, I am like a quadruple threat. Like, he can do it all. He's a comedian. He's an actor. He's a singer. He's a he's a writer like a produce like he came through and had one of the best 2016s that anybody had and the album you know was a big part of that and uh i haven't been able to stop listening to it over the past few days um i had a tough time between choosing you know uh eight or nine between this and solange like they were flip-flopping for a while um, but I think this is the right pick. I think, uh, Gambino really showed us something special with this project. 
And it's one of those albums that is going to stand out because of how different it is from all the other things that are being released. And so Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino definitely deserves to be on this list. And it comes in at number eight. So let's jump to number seven, which is For Your Eyes Only by J. Cole. A late entry, a late entry to the to the list um it was only released like a few weeks ago on december 9th but it easily shot up the list and i've easily listened to it like 20 to 25 times in the past three weeks um i'm also a j cole stan j cole is one of my favorite artists and i i recognize and understand the slander against j cole about how people think he's boring and whatnot and that's fine i i Everybody is allowed to feel that way. Um, But I know why I enjoy J. Cole's music, and I'm going to explain that to you right now. So J. Cole is what Kanye used to do for me and a lot of the people I know. Um, He pushed the envelope on terms of production, and he, he had his ear to the ground. He was, you know, a voice for... For the people, you know, J. Cole was, you know, uh, you know, the guy that was in Ferguson marching with everybody like he knows the struggle of the black community and he is fighting with us and for us and speaking for us through his music. And, you know, he's very relatable in that way. And you have to appreciate that. Um, as far as what most people want from Cole, the ones who typically slander him, they want Cole to deliver the straight bars that he can deliver over like a bass heavy beat. Um similar to like Immortal on this album, or even like Veal Mentality, stuff like that, or For Your Eyes Only the Last Track. They want that Cole. But Cole seems to be past that. I talked about this a couple weeks ago uh, on the podcast when I was discussing his album, so I won't I won't relive it too much. But since Born Center, Cole has there seems to have been like a conscious change in his sound and the way he works with people and the way he works on his albums, and it has definitely been for the better. Um, no features on this album. Ten tracks, um, each one of them, you know, very. Uh, important and very uh, what's the word? Very important to the theme that uh, he was trying to get at. Now, the best parts of this album is the vulnerable Cole that he lets through. You know, he has two tracks on there. She's mine, part one, and she's mine, part two. The first dedicated to his wife. The second dedicated to his new baby daughter. Um, he's got a song on there called "Change." where he really discusses, uh, you know, the way black people have been getting, you know, gunned down by the police and all of that. And he really addresses that in a beautiful way. He's got a fun, like, upbeat song called Folding Clothes, where he's also just talking about, you know, the way, the things he wants to do for his wife and how he just wants to, you know, do the mundane things to, like, show her that how he loves her, uh... He's got a song for the ladies and Deja Vu. And he's got the song for the niggas and Immortal and Veal Mentality. Um, but the, the best part of the album really comes from the last track. For Your Eyes Only, uh, the titular track is a nine-minute song of Cole just rapping. But he's rapping from the perspective of one of his fallen homies who told him... Uh, you know, he had premonitions of death because of the lifestyle he was living and he wanted him to tell his story to his daughter if, you know, he ever died to, like, at the right time, tell his story to his daughter. So the whole first couple verses, Cole is speaking through his fallen homie um, and then in the last verse, he addresses his friend's daughter and is like, yo, you're... Your dad wanted me to, like, tell you his story and to, like, talk to you about this when the time was right. So, like, keep this verse and, like, treasure it. it it's such a, uh, like, a expertly uh, crafted song. And the songwriting is, is next level. And the beat is that straight, cold, 
beat, even though it was uh, mostly produced by this dude named Black. I think it's Black. It's B-L-V-K. Um, but Cole, like I said, Cole is a relatable artist who makes albums um, for the people. And For Your Eyes Only, I think, of all of his albums was an album that he made for everyone else. I mentioned this in the podcast, but like, you know, songs for his daughter, for his wife, for his homies back in the Ville, for his homies' daughter, you know, he for us. Like, he made all of this for everybody except for himself. Um, it was very uh, selfless in this project, and... It came through at such a great time and it didn't stay too long as far as like how many tracks were on it. It, you know, he came through, touched us, and then he's probably gonna go away for like three years without dropping a project. Like I like who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But I thank Cole for for what he he delivered to us because it's such a dope project. And you can see the the soul, his soul, and his passion shining through this release. It's it's so dope, and it, it even the way that his singing tracks sound are are like great enough that you want to replay it. So I had no problem, no problem putting Cole in the top ten, and so for your eyes only lands at number seven. So number six, this, the top six was very hard for me. I, I, um, thought about it a lot about what would go where. And I, th- I think this is the best decision. So coming in at number six is Endless by Frank Ocean. Now, as you know, Frank Ocean released two projects this year, Blonde, um, as well as Endless, which was the visual album, but, you know, I did what I had to do and got the visual album downloaded as, like, an actual album so I can listen to it without having to go and, like, watch the video of him building a staircase or whatever. Um, So I've been able to just, like, listen to it, like, listen to it without watching something and listen to it as many times without it being inconvenient. And the more I listened to it, the more I realized that this was this alone was one of the best albums of the year. I almost put it over Blonde, but it, it's it's just not it's not better than Blonde. But it's just as important as Blonde because you know he released this first, and even though it's not like it's not you know a release release like Blonde is, um how effortlessly he sounds and how effortlessly he made this like dope project um that he just released like it was nothing on this on like on this like streaming site is amazing there are so many good songs on this project uh his song rushes 2 which is the second to last track on the project made my top 40 list because it it features Frank singing in a way that I've almost never heard him sing before. It's so passion passionate and the yearning in his voice as he as he like sings every word is just fantastic and it's 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 great. And then even Wither, track number nine, is is a great track. It's that Frank where he's just singing his heart out to whoever, like, whoever he's referring to. And even if he's just singing to us, like, he locks you in. He locks you in with his voice. And you're just like, yo, my nigga, I am with you. I, I am with you. Like, like this is this is great. Um, he's had some tracks on there where he was rapping. Um, he had his cover of At Your Best You Are Love, of the Isley Brothers track, and then more famously the Aaliyah track. Um, He had uh, Hublot's, he had some songs with Jasmine Sullivan, Um, pretty sure Sample was on a track. Like, it was an absolutely dope project. And the fact that it doesn't get, um, you know the talked about as much as blonde is crazy because it is just as good as blonde. Um, I don't, 
care to, nor will I ever, like, watch the video of him um, uh, (laughs) making those stairs again. But if you haven't already and you want a copy of uh, Endless, like, as an album, like, hit me up, hit the Twitter up, hit the email at thinking outside the boombox at gmail.com and I'll email you a copy of this. Like, cause you gotta have it. You gotta have it. It is my top six album of the year, Endless by Frank Ocean. Let's jump to number five, um, which is Anti by Rihanna. Um, this album came mad early. Like it came in January and it doesn't even seem like that. Like, this album's been out for almost a year. Like, we're about a month away from it being a year. And it doesn't seem like that because the albums have played and, like, stayed with us so well that I would have thought it came out in, like, April or something. This is Rihanna's eighth studio album. Um, and the one that I think sees Rihanna taking the most risks and experimenting. And she did it all in such a great way. She opens the album with... The wonderful duet with with SZA, Consideration. You know, there's a lot of tracks on here where Rihanna really embraces her her roots um, from Barbados, and she gives us that you know that Caribbean uh, like sound and style over the track. And Rihanna is one of the best at that. Savage Rihanna is here with Needed Me, and Yeah, I Said It. You know, she covers. Um, Tame Impala, same old mistakes in such an amazing way. And then Rihanna gets super soulful R&B on us and breaks out Love on the Brain and Higher, where she is taking her voice to the peak. <laughs> like she is taking her, she's stretching her voice to the limits. And, and it's fantastic. And then you got Pop Rihanna with Kiss It Better, which is one of the, like, like a great song off this album. And then Work featuring Drake, which was one of the best songs of the year, like tore up the charts. So easily, I think this is one of Rihanna's best albums. For me, it is her best album. Um, And so with that, there was no way it couldn't be in the top five. Um, Anti uh, was exactly anti to all of the commercial crap out there. Um, she came through with the fantastic album. Number five is Anti by Rihanna. Number four, and oh man, do I love this album. Number four is Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight by Travis Scott. This is two years in a row. Actually, actually, it might be three years. Let me let me check. Let me check the the things because it might be three years. But it is at least two years in a row that a Travis Scott project has made my top 15, my top 20 list. 2014, Days Before Rodeo came in at number four on my list. Last year, Rodeo came in at number five. And this year... Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight came in at number four. So Travis Scott has broken the top five three years in a row for me. And he has become one of my favorite artists. Um, As far as trap artists go, I think Travis Scott has become uh, one of the most, like, like, endearing almost. Like, one, he pushes the envelope. And I know I've said that a lot of times, um so far this episode but he really does his music is fresh like you never know you do know what to expect you there's one thing that you can expect and you can expect that he is going to be on these tracks with some mad auto-tune but he is going to use it in the best way possible and he's going to use his voice as an instrument and help it to take his songs to new levels but other than that, you don't know what to expect. On Rodeo, he has so many R&B vibes like radiating throughout um, the album that it was just so dope. And on Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight, um, the trap is heavy, but he's even, you know, got a Caribbean flair coming in on Guidance. He's got... 
you know, the pop trap song that really took off and pick up the phone. He's got that Kendrick Lamar uh, feature and verse that took an already dope song to new heights with Goosebumps. One of my favorite songs off that project. It Goosebumps puts you in such a vibe and such a mood that you feel like you can do anything. He brought Kid Cudi back and he finally fulfilled that dream of having a dope song with Kid Cudi on Through the Late Night, which was dope. You know, he came through with like the ends that had Andre 3000 way back was dope. Uh, Lose was dope. Like first take was dope with Bryson Tiller. Like, like he really came through with an album that is just as good, if not better than Rodeo. And I thought Rodeo was a fantastic album. You know, um, Travis Scott has come a long way. You know, he's on, he's affiliated with good music. He's with T.I. But the music he's making now with Birds in the Trap and even Rodeo is so much better than like Al Farrow and even Days Before Rodeo. And I love that project. But he has continued to elevate year after year and literally year after year he's consistently put out a project every year for like the past three or four years and it doesn't lose any steam he doesn't lose any steam he only gets better and his music only gets better and that is a fantastic thing um the production on this project is is great he's got a lot of different people coming in with the production and it's a fluid uh cohesive project um And even though, you know, Travis Scott isn't the artist you go to for, like, substance, really, he gives you a little bit of it. But for the most part, you don't want it from him. Like, you come to Travis Scott, to a Travis Scott album to turn up, and you go to a Travis Scott concert to lose your mind in that turn up. And I have yet to witness that other than him opening for Rihanna on the Anti-World Tour. But that has made the list, like, my concert bucket list Travis Scott has made the list and I will forever be excited when a Travis Scott album comes out Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight deserve to come in at number four number three on the list we're getting into the top three so you a lot of you may be able to figure out which which ones are left but coming in at number three is Blonde by Frank Ocean his second release of the year and his best and most cohesive release of the year. Blonde is a fantastic album. I talked about this on the podcast as well, but there was there was no doubt like the top three other than like which was going to be um uh in what spot, I knew that like these three albums were gonna end up um in the top three just because of like the replay uh, value and just how much I love these projects. Blonde is a fantastic album. Um, You know, we waited a very long time, four years for him to release music. And then he did. And it was, it was great. It had a few flaws, you know, he was gone for four years and yet he didn't really mention anything topical that had happened in the black community. Other than the fact that he looks like Trayvon, It, it was you know, it was like you on this platform, you you were in the perfect position to really like discuss the important things plaguing our Frank community, us. You're with us. Um But from a music standpoint, that's fantastic. I mean, come on. Like self control, skyline two, solo, Andre three thousand on the solo reprot, knights. Siegfried, Godspeed, Pink and White with Beyonce and Pharrell, uh, like starting off with Nikes. He got his mom back on here for Be Yourself. You know, Future Free, where he's you know getting his rap on at the end. Like, like, is it even a question? <laughs> like, all of those songs are dope. He put, he gave us a cohesive completely like amazing project and a lot of people don't think it's as good as channel orange and you know while i don't agree with that that's fine but we can't deny that this project was not dope 
Um, I think maybe the weight and, you know, the release might have, you know, jaded some people towards it. But, you know, when it comes down to the music, this was some of the best music we got in 2016 on this album. Um, like two of these songs made my uh, top 40 list. And I, I, I wish I could have done more because a lot more could have gone on. Um, if I expanded to top 50, I guarantee you like at least one and maybe another would have made the list. Um, but Blonde was beautiful. Um, it, you know, while it's one that you, that also still takes a while to unpack because that's just how Frank's albums are. He's not the type of R&B album that, you know, you just get instantly, like, you have to, like, keep listening and listening, and then you're like, ooh, I see what he's saying there. Frank is deep, and, you know, it really shines through on his albums, and I think that I would have been remiss in not putting this in the top three. Thank you, Frank. Hopefully, don't stay away another four years, but Blonde came in at number three by Frank Ocean. Here we are. The bottom, sorry, the top two albums of the year. Now, the order may surprise you, but I thought long and hard about this, and I'm very confident in my decision, and we can have words about these decisions if you disagree. Nothing, like, violent, like, just, let's let's talk about it. Um, hit me up on the Twitter, on the email, um, or the Facebook, you know, whatever, whatever you, whatever you fancy. Coming in at number two, Lemonade by Beyonce. Now, you probably know what number one is, but I'm not going to spoil it until we get to that. So let me just talk about why Lemonade was one of the best albums of the year. Culturally, Lemonade was significant in um, all of the things that Beyonce did for black women on this album and how she empowered them and, you know, you know, showed them that, look, all of the things that you may go through, I also struggle with and I can get through it so you can get through it too. It's one of the best things Beyonce could have done this year. She dropped this album in April through... Uh, her HBO special with the visual album. Um, and then the album was released, I think, like a few years later. She did the Formation World Tour, which was fantastic. Um, and just from an entertainment standpoint, like, how many weeks did we and everyone else spend wondering, like, oh, who's Becky? Oh, did Jay-Z cheat? Oh, yada, yada, yada. When at the end, like, like it was like Beyonce and Jay-Z are chilling, like, with Blue, just, like, watching all this unfold and watching the money rake in. Like, there are, are few people in the industry who are as calculated and who are as good at being calculated as Beyonce and Jay-Z, but mostly Beyonce in this case. Um, The release phenomenal the the visual album phenomenal the impact of each song and the message phenomenal the music next level <laughs> like oh man to unpack this formation which was the first song we got in the anthem and the song that that was for for black people and black women specifically, like Formation, and I mentioned this in the Top 40 podcast, was the all right from Kendrick of 2016. Like, like that was the black woman anthem. It got everybody turned. And then she came with all this other fantastic music. Hold Up, which was significant in its own right. Don't Hurt Yourself, which had Jack White playing the guitar, had Beyonce tuning in to her rock vibes, and just a scathing song to to Jay and to the fictional character <laughs> of this, uh, the, the semi-fictional character of this album. Sorry, another anthem 
that um and I realize I'm talking like talking like DJ Khaled right now, but that's what this that's what this album, that's the mood this album puts you in. You just feel you feel like you're on your boss stuff, you know what I mean? Six Inch, which featured the weekend, Daddy Lessons, where she brought country to the album and then slayed it. Love Drought and Sand Castles, where the album took its turn back to a to an uh an accepting, uh loving, a forgiving Beyonce. Um, and Sandcastles, which is one of the, oh man, the vocals on Sandcastle, Beyonce, the tremble in Beyonce's voice in that song would make you tremble miles away. Forward, such a beautiful song with James Blake, really taking his style and incorporating it into this story, this project. Freedom, another anthem. It's going to be on Nike commercials for the next 20 years with Kendrick Lamar. All night, an uplifting song to bring everything back. Like, the project was just fantastic. And, um, you know, we can't take, I can't take anything away from it. Anything negative, that is. It's, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Beyonce came through with the heat. Um, she shut it down again with the surprise album, the visual album. Like, She's taken everything to another level, and there aren't enough good things you can say about Beyonce, and there aren't enough good things you can say about Lemonade. Um, she did it for the culture. Uh, the way she mixed in all of the the different poems and the uh, the um, the entire book by uh, I can't think of her name right now. Um, we'll come back to that. Um, but like, there was just so much in this album and everybody loves it for, for different reasons. Um, it's just, it's Beyonce being Beyonce and shutting the game down like only she can. And, you know, we all love her for it. Absolutely. So shout out to her. Shout out to Lemonade. And I stand strong in the fact that Lemonade was number my number two album of 2016. So let's jump into the number one album. I don't need a drum roll. I'm just having fun with it. Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper is my number one album slash project slash mixtape, whatever you want to call it, of 2016. And I will defend that, like, to the ground. I think it is number one. Nobody had a better year than Chance the Rapper. No one. He shows up on SNL uh, with Kanye and performs the verse from Ultra Light Beam, a song that we had all been, like, captured by when we first heard it. And he he takes over that performance. It no longer was Kanye's performance. It was Chance's performance. It was Chance's time to take the stage and step into that that leading role. Chance shows up on SNL. I think he just did did it last uh, a couple weeks ago, and I think he also was on it again uh, in 2016. I believe it was 2016. It might have been 2015. Don't quote me. Um, Chance comes through with Coloring Book, which we're going to talk about in, in a second. He has his Magnificent Coloring World Festival and a Magnificent Coloring, I mean, Tour and Magnificent Coloring Day Festival in Chicago, the first festival of its kind on the south side of Chicago. It was fantastic. Brought through John Legend, uh, Alicia Keys, Lil Uzi Vert, so many dope people, Lil Wayne, 2 Chains, curated his own festival. Chance came through again with seven nominations at the Grammys for an independent artist. What? Like, like what? Like, Chance is having a great year. A great year. No one's having a better year than Chance. You know, he took over the... the um, Dang, I can't remember the name of the challenge, but the the Monica challenge with the the bars for his boo, you know, 
Chance has, has like been launched into the spotlight. Everybody knows Chance the Rapper. And he deserves it. And he's he's done it so naturally, organically, and so humbly. And so he he blessed us with coloring book uh this year, which is one of the most just fun and like innocent projects I've heard in a while. The the gospel like influence on this hip hop album is very apparent. I mean, he's got like Kirk Franklin coming through on like one of the tracks. Um, all we got, he starts off with Kanye and the Chicago Children's Choir. That's dope. No Problem is one of the best songs of 2016 with Lil Wayne and 2 Chains, An anthem that really de- like helps to define chance about like no label is going to stop him. He's an independent artist. He doesn't need a label. And he just got nominated for seven Grammys and will probably win at least three. I'm saying that here. Summer Friends, another ode to Chicago with Jeremiah Francis and the Lights, a dope song. He got Drum to come through singing. Blessings, which was a dope song of Chance just being humble and really like praising God on music. Like nobody really even talks about like religion and like their attachment to religion and hip hop like Chance has. Another thing he's brought. Same drugs, such a such a nice, like 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 uh it's it's that same drugs is the song with chance that just like makes people just want to like walk up to him and dap him up or give him a hug just like bro you're making that music that touches hearts that touches souls like and and he knows it and he loves it and he does it because he likes making music like that came through with the song for the homies with mixtape angels Came through with the slow jam with Justin Bieber in Tokyo with Juke Jam. Then he came through with the song that'll get you dancing with All Night. Then he came back to the gospel and had a his cousin Nicole singing How Great Is Our God. And then him and Jay Electronica came in at the end with some dope bars. He brought in Future to do Smoke Break, which was like a really good like break in the album to just like have some fun. Then he came back with Finish Line, Drown, and The Blessings Reprise, which are just like some of the most like fun sounding and like uplifting and like blessed songs of 2016. Chance and The Social Experiment, I think, are easily like my top artists of the year. Like, I don't get excited for anyone's music like I do for Chance and the social experiment. Like I'm excited for everything that they touch because it's fantastic. He tribute he had a tribute to Muhammad Ali at the ESPYs this year. Sorry, another thing that Chance did this year that was fantastic. Like Chance is out here having a great year and he's being recognized because of his greatness and what he brings to music which is just himself and like just a want to make good music for the hell of it. And he did that with Coloring Book. And it's an album that will never lose its shine, will never uh, lose its power, um, never lose its influence. You know, Chance is out here for the people, similar to J. Cole. He's, he's a man of the people. And... He will always make music for us. And I think, I don't think there was a an album that touched like hearts and like touched that, that nerve that, you know, gets aggravated every time, aggravated in a good sense, every time like some really good music is in your presence. Nothing touched that nerve more than Coloring Book did by Chance the Rapper. I'm proud to say it is my number one album of the year of 2016. And that is the bottom line because Stone Cold said, no, I'm just kidding because I said so. Um, So that's the list to recap. Uh, honorable mentions: Passion, Pain, and Demon Slam by Kid Cudi. Night Ride by Tanache. Untitled, Unmastered by Kendrick Lamar. The Color and Anything by James Blake. Big Baby Drum by Drum. Number twenty: 
In My Mind by BJ the Chicago Kid. 19, The Divine Feminine by Mac Miller. 18, Malibu by Anderson Pock. 17, Telephone by No Name. 16, For All We Know by Nao. 15, Ology by Gallant. 14, Heaven by Jamila Woods. 13, 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. 12, September 5th by Division. 11, Views by Drake. 10, The Life of Pablo by Kanye West. 9, A Seat at the Table by Solange. 8. Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino. 7. For Your Eyes Only by J. Cole. 6. Endless by Frank Ocean. 5. Anti by Rihanna. 4. Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight by Travis Scott. 3. Blonde by Frank Ocean. 2. Lemonade by Beyonce. And 1. Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper. That's the list. I'm very proud of it. I do want to do some shout outs to a couple albums because there was just so much good music this year that I just completely forgot about them when I was making my list. So shout out to John Legend. Darkness and Light is a dope album. I'm sorry. I just I completely forgot about your project, B. And so it didn't make the list. But it it, it would have if I remember. It was a lot of albums, man. Like 2016 was one of the best years for music in a very long time. And so I... I mean, I had to up it to 20. Like, I had been doing a top 15, and I had to up it to 20 just because of how much music. So, sorry, John Legend. Also, shout out to Gregory Porter. And the only reason this didn't make the list is because I literally just listened uh, to this project all the way through today. Um, But it was released um, this year, in 2016. And that is Take Me to the Alley. Gregory Porter is a jazz musician um on the blue note label um which is an american jazz record label um but gregory porter has the vocals of bill withers and i i'm not lying about that like he 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 sounds like bill withers like homie has an amazing voice and this album was nominated for a grammy uh this year for best jazz vocal album and I'm pretty sure he already has a Grammy for Best Jazz Vocal Album that he won in 2014 for his album Liquid Spirit. Homie's out here. He's he's a black dude making some beautiful, beautiful jazz music. My fiance referred to him as the male Esperanza Spalding earlier today. Excuse me. But yeah, your album didn't make the list just because, bro, I just listened to it today, but it definitely would have. This is one of the best jazz albums I've heard in a very long time. So check out Take Me to the Alley by Gregory Porter. Um, The podcast newsletter is going up tonight. Um, It will actually probably already be up by the time you listen to this. Um, Go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. Also, go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and subscribe to the podcast newsletter because coming soon, probably maybe sometime around March of next year, um, we're going to be doing an email newsletter. So if you subscribe, you'll get a newsletter with like some of what we talked about in the podcast and more in the newsletter. So that's dope. You should sign up for that. But podcast newsletter this week will feature the full list and also a link um, to each album on Apple Music and like Spotify. So definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to those albums. Shout out to everybody that made the list. Shout out to you all for listening. It has been a great year. Um, I started this podcast in July of 2015. It is now December 2016 and I'm still going strong and I don't have any plan to stop in and I have so many more ideas for this thing. I just want you all to keep listening and keep telling your friends about it. Keep retweeting the podcast links to like all your followers, like everything. Rate it on iTunes, review it on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes. Like, Thank you all for listening um, and for sticking with me this long. This is the last episode of 2016. Uh, Hopefully I see you next week, but I will definitely be seeing you in 2017. Peace out, 2016. Uh, Won't miss you. Shout out to you all, the listeners, the faithful listeners. See you all next year. Peace. Why are you following me? What are you doing? 
Why the hell you stand in front of me? I swear you just said you was done with me. You still out talking about what you gonna be. Need to get some money. I should've left you. I should've left you in 2016. I should've left you back in 2016. I should've left you back in 2016. They should've left you. 2016. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.